Welcome to the Stronger Business Podcast, where we discover how to get stronger together. What is up, entrepreneurs and business owners? Welcome back to the Stronger Business Podcast. We are in the studio today with an awesome guest. I tell you what, we've been chatting a little bit before the episode, and I'm excited for what I'm going to learn today. Over 25 years experience in the franchise industry, tons of business experience, business knowledge. One of the things we're going to talk about today is figuring out what's the right fit as you're a growing business, as you're trying to figure out how to scale, how to add fuel to the fire, what's the right fit, what's not. Man, he's going to teach us so much today. He is the vice president of development for Europe handles the franchising arm of the business, gets to see a lot, gets to learn a lot of stuff about business all across the country, going to teach us today. Welcome to the podcast, Ken Caldwell. Welcome, man. Thank you for having me. You set a very high bar for me. I I, I, I hope I I can get there for you. Well, I can tell you in a little bit of conversation we've had already, that that bar is uh, not going to come close to holding on all you're going to deliver today. So it's going to be super fun, man, super cool. You know the gig here. We're going to talk business. We're going to have fun doing it, share experiences and questions, and really just learn all about how we can become more successful and be stronger it. together. So, and where did all this start for you? What, what, how did you end up yeah, in Athens a, in the pizza business? It's a, it's a long, long story. I'll try to keep it relatively short. I, um, I went to school in Nashville, and while I was in Nashville, a friend of mine had started a business based out of Hilton Head, South Carolina. It was called the Heavenly Ham Company. Um, and he tried to get me to go from Vanderbilt into the ham business. And I thought, you know, I, I needed, I'm at a prestigious Southeastern Conference school. I need to go put on a tie every day. And I went to work in Charlotte for a big bank. And uh, fortunately realized, you know, being a year out of school, you know, 22, 23 years old and miserable was no way to go through life in the banking business. So we stayed in touch. And, um, Basically, when I moved back to Atlanta, he said, hey, we, we need somebody to grow our franchise business with us and come join the Heavenly Ham Company. And I said, if there's ever a time to roll the dice with, with a career, this is it. I was single. I, you know, I, 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 if it didn't work out, I'd go do something else. And I love the guys. I love the product. I love the opportunity. And we said, let's roll. And the cool thing about that was it was four guys who had really no idea what we were doing. It was a blue, no blueprint. And, and so we just <laughs> kind of... entrepreneurship. Oh, true entrepreneurship. <laughs> and, you know, one week I was the marketing guy, one week I was the ops guy, one week I was the training guy, and, and we all did. And so anyway, we built that business. It's about 230 units through a franchise model. Holy cow. Uh, so fun. Such a great business, such great people. Learned so much um, on the fly. We sold out to uh, a company called the Honey Baked Ham Company. I think we all know who they are. Everybody knows them. They they had grown through a company-owned model, really bought us, I think, ostensibly to learn the franchise game. That was going to be another way for them to grow. So I stayed on with the Honey Baked folks for about 10 years and learned a ton. Again, great people, um, great company, great brand. and it was just a different kind of culture than what we had before. So I saw both sides. And yeah. then 
one of my partners with the first company came to me. He had gotten involved with Your Pie, and he and I had always kind of said, hey, what can we do to get the band back together, so to speak? And right at the end of 2013, 2014, he said, you know, hey, we're going to raise a little money to grow this brand. And who doesn't love pizza, right? <laughs> and so I, I love the product. I love where they were in the evolution of things. And I, I said, man, I, I want to get back to growing something again. So uh, that was, shoot, nine years ago. Oh, wow. And, okay. Yeah. And, uh, and here we are. So, man, that's awesome. All right. So for me, like, all sorts of questions are popping up all over the place. I think that you were a part of a business that grew from startup to how many? 230. Yeah. Okay. When I started, we were at eight units oh <laughs> and took all it right. to 230. So here's the part I need your help just trying to even fathom how it's possible in my mind. I am trying to manage one or two businesses right. and one or two offices right now. I'm working. I don't even want to admit how many hours a week. The stress, juggling, emails, calls, work, training. How in the world do you scale to any sort of level like that without working a thousand hours a week or without stressing yourself to where you just walk out the door one day? It's, it's such how a great question. How did you do that? I, I, I will tell you, we, we look back and we always ask ourselves, were we lucky or were, were we good? I love it. Yes, I agree. And and I will tell you, and one thing you didn't put on there is family. If you want to grow a family and all, you have a million things pulling pulling on you. Um, For us, I think uh, it started that we had a pretty unique product in a fairly limited industry, and we had good people who were more interested in – growing a business but not growth for growth's sake right okay. and so it, 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 it we didn't have a stated goal that said we needed to be at 200 units by the end of next year or whatever that, that wasn't it it was really more about in a franchising model um, making sure that the average franchisee in the average location that does an average job makes uh makes money right and so and sure. it's successful so it's kind of like a bell curve if, if you think about it franchising is if you have some on the end who are going to be successful no matter how good you are as a franchisor and you have some at the bot on the other end of the spectrum that might be um struggling a little bit but we want to make sure the average guy is doing really well and so it really comes down to people and taking care of the people and we had a good team of folks that cared passionately uh, about what we were doing and making sure our franchisees were successful and the growth happened and that was a lot so, of fun all right so here's what i'm here's what i'm hearing here's the cliff notes version that <laughs> i'm deciphering here is to grow to 230 stores or units and and scale to that level you don't focus on sales or growth or scaling, you focus on people. We didn't. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah. We, we didn't. So there's not these metrics of we got to open three stores a month and we got to. I mean, you business plan that way, but I, I wouldn't say we would define success that way. Okay. And, and you know, 230 units, we, we talked, it wasn't an overnight success. You know, the, <laughs> sure. the first store so. opened, I think it was, in, well, I'm dating myself, but back in 1984, and we sold the company in 2002, I believe. So, you know, you're yeah. talking 18 years. And so it didn't happen overnight. Sure. And look, we made some mistakes along the way. You learn from them, you get better, and you move forward. So, yeah, it, 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 it's a lot of patience and, quite frankly, a lot of persistence. All right. So you talked about the people side. I think for me, I'm a numbers guy. 
uh, obviously <laughs> in the tax and accounting business, I, I, I That's connect. why they make chocolate I, and vanilla, I, I, right? <laughs> that's yeah. right. I, I connected the number side. Uh, I struggle on the people side. So when you say you focus on people, obviously y'all figured something out there. Does that mean you focus on training or you focus on loving on the people or you focus on providing opportunity? Is it all? How do for it's, for those of us that don't quite know how to quantify or measure that, how yeah. do you focus on people? What it's tough, and it's an inexact science. It's more art than science, to oh, be oh honest boy, with I'm you. In, I'm in trouble there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry about that. Now, um, now we're coming back. I just need to hire somebody to focus on so, people. So franchising is very different than growing organically through a company-owned model. Okay. So. Um, when you're growing through a company-owned model, it's about hiring people and finding the exact skill set. If you need a supply chain person, you hire supply chain experience. If you need an IT person, you hire somebody. Franchising is different. So what we look for, particularly in that business, and, and really as we go forward and in, now into the YourPie business, is we want to find somebody who has a passion for people, a passion for the communities that they operate in. And it doesn't matter if they're selling ham or widgets or pizza or coffee or whatever the case may be. Find somebody who will be a part of the, the fabric of the local community who can represent the brand in a proud and, and passionate way in that community. That's the type of people we're looking for. So when you say it's a people exercise, it's not necessarily about a singular skill set. It's about somebody for a passion of what they're going to get into. Okay. That, that, I definitely understand that. And, man, I, I can't tell you for me in my career as a business owner and as growing different things, being involved in the community equals more success oh, in yeah. business and you don't go into it it's organic it happens it's a it's a long-term play there but serving in the community being part of the community connecting with other people wanting to do awesome things and wanting to build the community stronger right that somehow directly results in having a much better business than well for your pie it's kind of the cost of entry uh, we want people uh, who yeah. really want something bigger than themselves. Uh, our founder, Drew French, said something to me, I don't know, several years ago. He said, Ken, the world doesn't need another pizza place. And I thought about that. I was like, my gosh, he's right. Uh, but that's we're in powerful the, coming but, from a guy in the pizza yeah, business. <laughs> yeah, and he's so right. If your pie failed to exist, would the world continue and, and probably be okay? It would. But we believe because we exist, our communities that we serve are better for it. And so it's really partnering with those folks who kind of buy into that mindset uh -huh. to say, yeah, I, I can sell a pizza. And I, there's a lot of pizzas I can sell. But with your pie, it, it's, it's about the great product, but also making the difference in the community by making, you know, our, 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 uh, our our biggest value, our biggest core value is we want to make everyday moments better with pizza. So be it, you know, you want a, a basketball game or you got an A on a test or whatever it is, we want to make that moment better with pizza. Oh, man, I love that. That's, that's super cool and, and really just speaks to just a cool way to get people to buy in. I think so. Yeah, and we think so. And it, you know what? It's not for everybody, and, yeah. and I understand that, yeah. and that's okay, but that's who we are. And I'm assuming because this is the fabric of what you guys do and, and what you're building and growing and, and doing every day uh, as part of this franchising side and the core business side is that's part of your training. That's part of this being it a, is. an owner or being an employee is there's some version of 
It is, and it's part of the training. It's also part of the selection process as we award franchise and territories across the country. Part of what we try to assess is does our prospective franchisee have that value within them? And if they do, that's a, that's a great sign. If they if it, they don't, it's probably not. We're probably not the right business for them. Um, now, once they are in the family, so to speak, then yes, we have tips and training and programs to help them along uh, in that community involvement piece. Two things you said there through that. Two words really jumped out to me that I think speak to how you look at this is used award when we award a franchise, not yeah. sell, yeah. award, and then you use family once they come into the family. Like that's, I mean, that's powerful. Well, we think so. And, and the awarding piece is, um, again, that that's a little bit old school franchising. Again, I've done this a long time. But um, as we talked about before we, we started airing here, um, my job is not to sell a franchise because if I put somebody in a position that is not the right fit for them, that it does not work for them, or quite frankly doesn't work for us, it becomes a problem for both of us, and nobody wants that. So uh, for us, it is about awarding a franchise, and we want to make sure um, that anybody that comes into the family is the right fit for what we do. And if they are, then I, we got a team of folks who's going to make it great for them. Yeah, and you talked about right fit, and we were chatting before on – how the right fit is so important in this selection or award process because if it's the wrong fit, it's just it's not sustainable for you guys. That's it's not right. sustainable for the franchisee. That's that's the key to the whole thing. And man, to, to on a business level of so much what we do every day as business owners, I think we lose sight of that. Right. What's the right fit? We get hung up in the weeds and the fire, juggling it all. You talked about the ham business of wearing all the hats of right. you know, marketing one day and operations the next. I know for a lot of our listeners, me included, I fall into that wearing a lot of hats. I love our community. Mm-hmm. I love Athens, Georgia. There's nothing I enjoy more than serving and providing value and giving back to the community. It's it's through events. It's through That's being right. on boards. It's through being involved with the chamber. That's it's right. through the nonprofits. There's a lot of different things. But I know as a business owner, man, I struggle so much because I'm trying to I'm trying to be involved in the community. But when I do that, that means hours out of my day, which means that's the last time I can serve my clients or train my employees, or I'm choosing to go do something in the community, which means I know tonight I have to get home at nine instead of five. Right. And so how do you teach franchisees or how have you figured out how do you juggle those yeah. pieces to find the right? I think all those things are the right fit for me. I just don't know how to manage them all inside of the model of it's, being uh, a balanced business owner. I'd be lying to you if I told you I had the perfect answer. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anybody has that answer. But I will tell you, I guess what I've learned through experience, um, uh-huh. and it works for me. And if it can Teach. work for somebody else, that's yes, great. But Absolutely. But, to me, it is about having the courage to say no, um, because uh, a that's lot, a weakness of mine. Yeah, <laughs> we, we all want more. We all want faster. We all want further. We all want higher. Um, but even though we're taught in America, we can do anything we want. We can become anything we want. I, I believe that's true. But we can't be everything. We can't do everything, right? And so. 
sometimes we have to learn to say no. And the only way we know what to say no to is to really prioritize what is most important for me personally, what's more most important to my business, what's more important to my team. When we set those priorities becoming or, or saying no becomes easier. Man, that's I cannot tell you how much I needed to hear that today. <laughs> Um, I, I can't a, tell you I live it every day, but <laughs> yeah. I should. Yeah, I, I truly struggle with that. I, I love working. I love doing. I love being involved in stuff. Um, and so it's hard for me to say no, um, especially from a client and a service standpoint. I, I had a meeting with my team earlier today, um, a little before lunch. We somewhat called an emergency kind of team meeting, us all gather. There's just a, more coming in right now than we can juggle. Right, uh, you know, it's tax season. A lot's happening. A lot's falling at one time, and so we had a meeting around how to be more efficient and how to navigate. And certain of us people focus on certain roles and streamline and uh, our business model a little bit as we're in this thick of kind of a busy season. And then the second piece of this meeting we haven't had yet, if we're going to have this afternoon, is these list of like seven or eight things. These are these are not necessarily what we do, but they're right. somebody's wife needs help filling out a W-4. This right. person's in a payroll audit. This person's got a workers' comp audit. This this bank needs – there's all of these things that get thrown at us. And I'm like – and my meeting was around going to be around like, do we just need to hire somebody that's some random utility player we kick all this stuff to? Because all – we get – Ten things a week that yeah. take an hour or two apiece, and it's before you know it, it adds up, and we're neglecting tax returns. Yeah, we're doing because we're doing all this. But it sounds like the answer we need to just say no. And I'm I'm so fearful of that because I'm like, man, the client has That's a need, hard. and I want to serve that need or deliver a higher value. But well, it, you're right; it, it is tough, and the 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 bigger downside is saying yes Ooh. and then not fulfilling expectations, yeah. right? So as hard as it is to say oh, no, that's good. It, it's, it's very hard. Oh, I mean, it's, bigger it's worse downside. to under-deliver, you know? Yeah. And the way I do it personally, and oh, I don't know how to um, maybe articulate this uh, audibly rather than visually, but if you just draw a two-by-two two matrix and you have at the top high-priority or, or high-impact low impact and on the side you have a little work and a lot of work and you put all of your stuff inside of those matrix it becomes real easy to focus on the high impact things that are real easy to do oh, um, and so God, it's it good it, yeah it's, uh, and again i mean i i say this and it's easy to say and practice it's sometimes hard to do but you got to force yourself when when you phrased it as the bigger downside that's you didn't you didn't say hey it's easy to say no or you'll be fine saying no no is a there's a downside to saying no but when you phrase it as the bigger downside is not delivering on things That's right. uh, for clients or not delivering on your core business or what your entire team is trained on then that is a much bigger downsize and god i think we, we lose focus to that we yeah. face it every day in the pizza business somebody might call and say hey i need um 50 pizzas in 45 minutes delivered to the office and as much as you want to say yes to that we know we can't necessarily do that every day some days we might be able to but it, depending on the day I, I would rather say no i can do it tomorrow i can do it next time give us a a, a, a call earlier next time but I, I don't want to deliver take, take the order if I can't deliver properly on the order. Yeah, 
Absolutely, man. That's good. Yeah, that's a perfect situation. Or yeah. there's a chance to make money. There's a chance to serve a customer. There's a chance to do other things. But at the end of the day, well, it you makes you feel bad, yeah, but it, 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 it's, it's the bigger uh, win. Huh? It's the bigger win. I yeah. love that. So for your side, when it comes to, I would imagine you're in an interesting spot of Drew being a visionary CEO of the business, founder of the business. You're on the side of business development and managing what works, what's successful, what's sustainable. How do you guys work together, and how have you been able to balance? Um, uh, Drew's been unbelievable. Um, I will tell you, I mean, Drew's a young guy. I'm an old guy. Um, (laughs) Drew, uh, he has created a culture where we have – our franchising office is only, I think, 15 employees, and everybody loves your pie. Loves the business, loves what we do, and 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 Drew, he called, he set it up and called it Your Pie Family, and he lives that. Um, he takes care of people, he takes care of our franchisees. He wants um, greatness. Drew would rather be great than 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 big, and, and I think uh, that is yeah. so important because I was talking to somebody else in Atlanta who was starting a business the other day. His first question I asked him: Would you rather be great or would you rather be big? Not that you can't be both, but if you had to choose, what's more important? And and I, I think Drew has just instilled the the your pie culture into all of us, and and we're all just so passionate about um, making this business as great as it can be. Oh, I love it! So you talk about fifteen members mm-hmm. as part of the franchising team. That's what correct. You guys do, and they're all bought in. Oh, you, yeah. you all, you, you are the same fabric. Was this through really, really intentional and specific hiring, or do people come in and it takes six months to buy into the fabric and be all in, or do you fire really fast? How do you? <laughs> for some of us, that's hard to imagine to have yeah. fifteen people all aligned, all you know, loving what they're doing and loving the business. Yeah. How, how do you build that? Yeah. How do you Drew, get there? Drew could answer that better than I could. I'll give you my opinion. Okay. Um, I think it is about values, you know, I I think it is about culture, I think it is about who you hire, I think it is who you say no to as well. If you make a mistake, I believe in failing fast, right? Mm -hmm. And then I think it's about training, and you know, we we have to teach everybody the Pie way, that's uh, our team members as well as our franchisees and their team members, right? And is it as easy as I'm describing? Of course not, right? (laughs) It's not. You're going to, you know, you might fall down a couple times, but you pick yourself back up and you learn from it and you move forward. So, uh, and look, we sell pizza. We sell pizza, right? Pizza should be fun. And our our guests have fun. And so that's um, that's what's important for us, not just having fun, but winning and having fun doing it. Oh, I love it. Winning and having fun. That is the desire of, I think, for me in business, if I can figure out how to align those things. We want to win. We want to be great. We want to be the best at what we do. Yep. But we want to have fun doing it. I think if it's not fun, what is the point? And business doesn't have to be so boring and stuffy. It and doesn't serious. have to. And it's just not sustainable over the long term. It, it, fun means different things to different people, right? But it has to be enjoyable, <laughs> sure. right? Yeah. Um, you know, I have friends who, who have fun cleaning their gutters. And, and <laughs> that, that's my version of, well, I'll say not fun. But so, yeah, but it has to be just something that. Uh, that you enjoy. Oh, man, I, I love it. That's awesome. So 
All right, you are by far the biggest expert I've ever talked to from the franchising side and have the most experience on franchising. How does a business owner know, should they franchise? When should they consider franchising? Um, how would you guide somebody that's just, I, I don't know, I know how to, I'm really good at having a tax office. And I yeah, have three tax offices and we make a lot of money and the clients love us. Should I franchise? Yeah, you're asking the perfect question. And look, there's a lot of ways to grow, right? Uh-huh. One is to do it uh, organically. One is through franchising. You can go raise private equity money. A lot, lot of different ways to grow. Um, I would tell somebody that wants to get into franchising to please take the time to talk to as many people in franchising as possible. Okay. Because the reality is once you enter a franchise model, you're really not in the original business that you started. So for you with a tax office, for me with a pizza company, um, once you start franchising, you're really not making pizzas for guests anymore. You're developing a franchise model. So, you know, then the the marketing is different. The technology is different. The operations is different. So you're really entering a different business. Um, And for some people, that's great. For me, that is heaven. I mean, I I think that is what I was put on this earth to do. My my passion is coaching. I, I coach baseball on the side franchising to me is almost like being a coach and a teacher and and so for me it's great for a lot of uh real entrepreneurs i don't think it would um necessarily be right for them because there's a difference between being an entrepreneur and a franchisee right Mm -hmm. Uh, 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 an entrepreneur doesn't always want to play by the rules, you know, <laughs> and, and doesn't want to lose all the That's control. Part of the reason they're probably an entrepreneur That's is they exactly didn't like right. the rules and, and or they thought they could do something better than somebody else y- over you're here. You're dead right. And so I, I would just encourage somebody to talk to as many people in franchising yeah. as possible. I never thought about that, but you're right. Franchising and being successful in the franchisee or the franchise side is around rules and systems and that's certain exactly ways to right. do certain things and certain orders and that's the whole key behind the success of the whole piece of it. That's exactly somebody right. else has figured it all out and spent all the money and time for the trial and error. So yeah, that's yeah, you're getting into a whole host of uh, somewhat micromanagement of how things are done, I guess. Yeah, to me, um, you know, being a franchisor is I mean, really, we don't have anything other than an operating model and some intellectual property, right? You've got a brand and an operating model. That, that's our business. And then the franchisee is the one who has to use that operating model in order to sell pizzas or widgets or coffee sure. or wh- wh- whatever it is to, to make the guest um, experience great for whoever they're trying to serve. All right, so let's flip the script a little bit. Yeah. Um, I've been successful in in my career. I have money. I now have time. I'm passionate about the community. Tell me the pros and the benefits of engaging in buying a year pie franchise as opposed to just going out and renting a place downstairs and opening up (laughs) Chad's Pizza Shop. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. So you want to buy your pie for the reasons we just mentioned. We've got the best pizza in the industry for sure. Absolutely. Um, We have a proven operating system and model. Our management team is so experienced in franchising. Um, 
Dave McDougal, who is our CEO, is 30 years in franchising. I'm 30 years in franchising. Lisa Dempson, our CMO, is 20 years in franchising. Oh all I mean, it, oh, the experience. We, we've yeah. seen it all. Um, and so it really comes down to uh, somebody in the situation you described. Do they want to be in the restaurant business? Do they want to be involved in the business? Do they want a passive investment? What we look for is somebody who wants to be in the business. It doesn't mean they have to make every pizza. It doesn't mean they have to be there every day, but they have to be in the business. They have to pay attention to the numbers. They have to pay attention to um, the way the guests are served in the business, et cetera. So um, for us, it's not a passive type of thing where I can just open some pizza and then go to the beach for a month. (laughs) That that is, um, they're in their business like that, but we want somebody who is going to be uh, in the business, not in the minutia, but certainly sure. managing the business. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's. Um, I think that is definitely a recipe for success. And watch that's the our recipe. You guys have had. It's yeah, been that's our recipe. It's super cool, and and I love that you're providing the opportunity for somebody to plug in with endless amounts of experience and knowledge and. And we all know, we've all been a part of growing businesses. Most of our listeners are out there growing businesses now. The amount of time and stress and cost and just trial and error those first five years of being in business. (laughs) Man, if there was somebody I could have paid or something I could have bought into to take that away, it is an endless amount of money that's worth. And what is it worth, you know? And that's why you buy a franchise of anybody is you you are kind of paying for – the blood, sweat, and tears for the for those who went before you, right? Yeah. And, uh, and there's a cost to it, and it's up to to you or anybody else to determine if that cost is worth it. I love it. So yeah. what what's the what's the future of your pie franchising? What's the future for you guys? What's it look like? What, what where does it go from here? It's a pretty exciting time for us right now. I I, I will tell you, COVID. Um, was a kick in the pants for sure. us, as it was for many people. Uh, our business was designed and originally constructed as kind of an in-store experience. Go to your pie, have a great pizza, enjoy the experience. And um, pre-COVID, uh, our business was only about 10 to 15% kind of takeout or, you know, Uber Eats, DoorDash, that kind of thing. Well, when COVID hit, um, that switched <laughs> to about 45%. And so we have had to really adjust on the fly and start taking care of customers differently. And so the past couple of years we have worked, and I, I give our franchisees all the credit in the world for because for them it was so different from what oh, they man. potentially Adapting signed up for. Adapting and different, probably and different really, cities have different uh, approaches. That's exactly yeah. right. Um, so they have been fantastic through it all, but we have gone through a rebranding effort. We have a brand new store design. We've got the highest um, – financial performance we've ever had in the company uh the franchisees are just doing great and so yeah we're really really excited about what lies ahead man to bounce back so fast too and see this all kind of move so fast and that that's impressive for you guys um especially with so many stores and so many models to kind of adapt and change that's exactly right and so we we have uh, reduce the size of our footprint uh-huh. um, because fewer people are dining out at restaurants mm-hmm. now. But we still want to have enough seats to where people can enjoy the same experience, but yet make it easier for our franchisees to handle the the customers that are using Uber Eats or DoorDash or just um, taking out uh, and, and eating at home. So um, it's been a really, really fun 
challenging but fun time <laughs> for us, that's for sure. I love it, man. All right. This is my favorite part of the podcast. This is where we get a chance to have what we call the max out moment. This do is we get a do we get a drum roll this here? This is uh <laughs> no, you just get me to get you excited talking about it and put you on the spot here. This is where we get to, as my business partner Josh says, land the plane uh, for the podcast. Um, it being the Stronger Business Podcast, we like to end the episode with a max out moment. What that max out moment is, is helping our audience get stronger. It is a, if you could leave our audience with one tip, one piece of advice, one takeaway, something they can go out and do this weekend to make a difference in their life and their business. It could be a book to read. It could be a quote. It could be something you learned in business. It could be something we already talked about. What is the one thing that you would leave our audience with as a max out moment, as a piece of advice, as just something of your 25 years of experience and wisdom to share with us today? Well, that's such a tough question. And, and, and <laughs> if you ask me that question tomorrow, I might it's give you a, a different, different answer. answer. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, something that really stuck with me, and I probably heard this, I don't know, 20 years ago. Uh, the former chairman of the Coca-Cola company um, said, if you're not serving a customer, serve someone that is serving a customer. And that, to me, has just really stuck with me. Yeah, Yeah. I think it's great because at the end of the day, it's about our guests. In in the Europe business, we call them our guests, right? The Uh people who come in to order a pizza. And if it's a Midas muffler shop or, um, you know, in the tax business or whatever, at the end of the day, we don't have much of a business without customers, right? And so... Uh, for, for me, whatever we have to do to serve that guest in the way they expect to be served, um, that's what it's all about. Oh, I love that. And I love the mindset of guest, yeah. not just customer serving that's right. a guest. That, that just changes how you view your you, what you do and who you're serving. No, for us Man, it's important. I mean, that we know they have options right yeah. and there are other places to go eat and so we want them to feel special when they come to your pie well man this has been a phenomenal episode i'm telling you today i'm applying things we learned uh, the saying no the bigger downside the viewing and for some of us right now i love what i do and I love serving, and I, I love being great at what we do. But sometimes a lot comes in, and you lose that mindset of treating yeah. customers like guests. Uh, customers should never be a pain point. It should That's be a right. place to serve and be great. And so, man, this has been so valuable to me. It's been so valuable to our audience. Um, where do people find you at? Where do they connect with you? Where do they connect with your pie? How do they follow along? How do they come have pizza? Go to yourpie.com. All of our locations are on there. If you want franchise information, it's yourpie.com slash franchise. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. I'm on email. Ken Caldwell at yourpie.com. Feel free to reach out to me anytime. Love it. Well, man, this has been so valuable to us. It's been awesome. I encourage all of you out there. Go eat some pizza tonight. Go look at buying a franchise. Check out what these guys are doing. Get involved in the community. And just really put these things in play in your business because I know for me they're going to make a big difference in my business and my life. And just been so grateful to have you today. I can't thank you enough. Appreciate you having me. All right. Thanks, man. And until next week, you guys go out there and get stronger. 
Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Stronger Business Podcast. We're excited to come to you again next week with more tools and tactics to help you get stronger in your business and in your life. Check us out on Instagram at Stronger Business or follow us uh, on our website at strongerbusiness.com. Have an awesome rest of your day and we'll see you next week.